Hand Film Critics, your favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-uneducated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. I am Disney's first uh, openly non-binary character <laughs> in a Pixar movie or Disney movie ever. Uh, wow. Uh, and I am water. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here we're to discuss here to talk about the, f- the newest, the newest, Pixar yeah, Pixar um, film, the first Pixar in theaters uh, since uh, L- Lightyear. Lightyear. Oh, I almost right? forgot Lightyear existed. Was Lightyear You're right. in theaters? It was. Un- it was. Yep. Yeah, but like it's been a very um, on and off. Mm, release mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh for this so i think i don't know we have a lot to talk about we with do this movie um i've got a lot of goodies for you i, I am excited I think for this all is the gonna goodies be a really good time um great speaking of mm. watching movies in the movie theater mm. in the theater the theater uh you saw this opening night right Thursday night, Thursday night. Um, Our question of the week this last week was asking, what was your favorite midnight or opening night release that you have attended? Mm. Um, I think we've both shared Mm. ours in last week's episode. Yeah. Um, But let's let's see what our dearest, loveliest listeners have said. There's were. On Instagram, we got a few here. Uh, starting off with the classic, Zach Smith said, The Avengers mm. 2012. You know, always love to throw no a, a good Marvel way. one. No. The first the first <laughs> Avengers? That's what he the said. The first Avengers, yeah. No way. Yeah, sounds like a good time, you know? That honestly rocks. That That is like the kind of thing you can flex with, honestly. like I was there you, on opening night for the first yeah, Avengers. Yeah, like if you say you were there for an opening night Marvel release in 2012, mm. I feel yeah, like that sure. is just like baller material. Like the, the biggest one would be Iron Man. Like, oh, how yeah. many people actually were there for opening night Iron Man? I would love to know the yeah, numbers. Yeah, I would. I would love to that'd see be a, the numbers. That'd be a big. Um, that'd be a big flex as well. Yeah, yeah. Avengers 2012. I bet that was a great time. Good time to be alive. I did see that in theaters, which I feel like mm. is even also a flex these days. Also a good like, flex because a lot of there's a lot of young Marvel fans these days. It feels like a lot of o- young ends out there. The OG. The L to the OG Marvel. I fans. still have. This is not. This is gonna sound. I think it's a flex. But I mm. understand that when I say this, it's going to sound really uncool of me. Mm. I still have my OG Avengers poster. Wow. That I bought in 2012 after the movie came out with the. Is it like original... the regular poster? Like yeah, the regular it's like the, thing? the yeah. original poster with all mm. six of mm-hmm. them in the city, like in yeah. standing there. Um, yeah. And then it says the Avengers. But I've got the OG poster that I bought in 2012 and I don't have it hanging anywhere but I haven't been able to part ways with it because I'm like I just No, don't. Yeah. I've gotten rid of all my other keepsake. like old posters like I had some old Spider-Man and Captain mm-hmm. America posters but that was like my OG yeah. movie poster that I still have. I have this is more recent but I do have both the popcorn boxes for Infinity War and Endgame. Ah, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I've got a double set. Yeah, that's so cool. It's also pretty cool. Um, lesser known here, but also in the superhero vein, Andy said Dick Tracy. 
Oh, which I have never seen, but it's a cool, that's wow. a cool throwback. That came out in 1990. 1990. I have trading cards for that movie that I got in a super yucky order. Wow. That's actually cool. Yeah, I think what have I've gotten ones from I think for when I order from them, I've gotten like Hunchback of Notre Dame a few times. I got Spider-Man 2 once, I know, because have, those are I cherished. I have like six, five or six Anastasia ones. <laughs> <laughs> like I just have a bunch of Anastasia packs. My goal was to eventually collect them all, but I don't think it's going to happen. Gotta catch them all. But instead of the Pokemon, Pokemon. The, Wow, Dick Tracy was nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Oscars. That's pretty cool. Actually, it's a lot. Actually, um, that's definitely one for like best I feel song. like kind of a cult classic in a way. Like I, yeah. I feel like most of the people I hear talking about that movie are like in film circles, and it's like an event type movie. Mm. Um, yes, yes, but yes. I haven't yes. seen. Maybe we should watch it sometime. Maybe, maybe we've never seen. Al Pacino plays the villain in this movie. His Warren name is Beatty, Alphonse, uh, uh, right? Yeah, Warren, Warren Beatty's Dick Tracy, and then Al Pacino okay. is the antagonist, and his name is Alphonse. Big boy Caprice. So I love that. Honestly, kind of already the best movie of all time. Yeah. Um, in my opinion. All right, one second. I got to take my sweater off. I'm like baking for some reason. You can wear my sweatshirt. sweatshirt. It's something cold. You, you won't be cold, girl. You can wear my sweatshirt. This part of the podcast has been sponsored by... Jacob Sartorius's sweatshirt. sweatshirt in stores now in your favorite Kmart playing. Okay. And Sandy said Hunger Games dressed up with friends. It was a blast. It was also the first midnight release I was able to drive myself mm. to. Big win. Is a big W. I love that. Um, yes. Yeah. I also went to the Hunger Games midnight release. I shared that story mm. last week. Um and then on Spotify, Alex said, this was actually an interview question when I worked at the movie theater. My answer then was Deathly Hallows Part 2. But now I'd have to say, no way home. That's a cool interview question. More interviews should have fun questions. You know, like when you go to like a college like orientation and they do like the icebreakers. That's what yeah. they need to do in interviews. What was your like, favorite opening night movie that sure. you've been to? Yeah, and I guess that's more because it was a movie theater job. But even if you're applying yes. for like a coffee shop, like just at, you can just also ask, ask like, what is fun. your favorite childhood movie? Yeah. Like, I was gonna say memory, but that is way too personal. <laughs> that's um, uh, <laughs> I know what mine is, but <laughs> um, um, I yeah, I feel like childhood movie would be really hard for me to answer because I just have so many. That's tough. I have yeah, so so. We actually so have many. a whole series dedicated. Probably to how Airbud many would be we have. mine. Airbud. Airbud. Yeah, air um, <laughs> I love. I I fucking love. I, we we need to do an Airbud episode. I can't believe we haven't done summer one yet, of Airbud. <laughs> you know what? That soundtrack is also really really good and it's never talked about enough but there's mm. and it's not on anything so you can't like use it anywhere but the theme is really fire um mm. anyway air bud you're my air bud, bud in the air <laughs> he's our favorite dog 
<laughs> okay, we should move on to the episode at hand, which is Elemental, a review of Elemental, the new Pixar movie, yes. like we said. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Do we want to... Well, okay, first you have here briefly talk about Carl's date. Yeah, I figured this maybe. is the best place to talk about it before we start getting okay. into the movie itself. So uh, Car- Carl's date is the short that aired before this movie, and it was the first Pixar film to be-, be preceded by a theatrical short film since Bao premiered before Incredibles 2. Right, because Onward had a short, but it was a Simpsons one. It was a Simpsons short, yes. Yeah, so it was which not was an original. Wild. What a wild choice. Yeah, it, that was yes. crazy. Um, and the other ones were usually, re- when they were released on Disney+, Plus, were they also would release a short film as well, but it wasn't mm. like paired with the movie. It just, they just also released it. Like there was no way you would know that it was supposed yeah, to be part like of the movie. Yeah, like it just was there. Um, yeah. but this is the first one that um, was a, mm. was a theatrical. This this short was trash. Uh, it was not. I yeah. It was not great. Obviously, this is um a, like a sequel to Up. We sure, we should say like sure, Carl's sure. date. So it's like Carl from Up, and he's going on a date, and Doug he's nervous, and Doug is trying to help him. I guess yeah. as a dog would. And these were part of, it was supposed to be one of like the Doug shorts that they did on Disney Plus, I read. But I guess maybe it got extended a little. Ye- yes. And I didn't watch those. I do love Doug, though. I, so maybe if, I don't know if they were actually good or not, but maybe I should watch them. Oh, if sometime. they were like this, then probably not. But it was rough. I And I wonder how much of it was just, oh, people saying there's going to be an up short in front. So maybe that's an added draw to get people into the theater. It was. It just was weird. It was like a weird. It was a weird choice. vibe. Up is one of my all-time favorite Pixar movies. It's my second favorite Pixar movie of all time, under Monsters Inc. And it didn't feel like up. You know what I mean? Like no. it just kind of felt like yeah. the characters in like a stock, like stock characters of what yeah. if you asked ChatGPT to make <laughs> a script. Maybe they did. For an up short, this is how I imagine it would be. Now, that being said, it got a lot of laughs in the theater. So, you know, the kids kids in the theater liked it, and I think that's fine. But I think when you say, okay, it's a Pixar short film, when you think about, like, those OG Pixar theatrical shorts are incredible. Well, they used to, like, even release them, like, on DVD. Like, I remember watching those, Yeah, like, like we had, or someone we knew had all of them, the original yeah, shorts the on red DVD, box, and we would just the sit there DVD. and watch all the old shorts. Um, maybe we should do an episode on Pixar sh- shorts sometime. Um, and there are some pretty good ones, but I think recently they've kind of fallen off and not been the same which could probably be said about pixar in general um mm. but yeah this one was definitely an l unfortunately yeah and it was like you said it was really didn't really fit with the vibe of up and then they kind of tried to shoehorn in like the up sad vibes at the end and brought in the theme and like it felt really like shoehorned in because it just felt like they tried to take the structure of up and like cram it down a little bit uh-huh. i was wondering like that how much better would this be if it were um, not up? Because you could have still made a short about an old man going on a date 
shortly after like his wife died and it could have been not Carl and maybe just like not a dog, like figured out a different way to do it. I think that could have been like a pretty emotionally affecting idea for a short, but I think because it was the up characters, it, and it just like felt so phoned in and also not at all like what the characters I would imagine like them to be like, I guess, I don't know. Um, it was a very odd choice, and I guess I didn't get the memo, but I was like, didn't know that this was going to be a thing. So I was just like, oh, I guess we're doing an up short now before Elemental. That's kind of weird. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like recommend this short. I don't think it's like, I mean, I don't think you won't find any enjoyment in it if you're like, if you like up, like maybe check it out. But it's not a reason to see the movie. Like, if you're like, oh, I can't wait to see this new Up short, like the sequel to my favorite Pixar movie. Like, it's definitely not going to fill that void for you. So don't expect that. And it's also not like Pete Doctor didn't really have much involvement, if any, I don't think. E- so it's yeah. like, it's not really the same creators or, or anything either. So, yeah, uh, d- you can you can pass. This is yeah. not a smash. Pass. It's a pass. It's definitely a pass. Smash or pass, Carl's first date. Um, all right, so now we can get into Elemental. Uh, you have the synopsis on the bottom here, but maybe we should read that first. Sure, yeah, if you want to go ahead and read it. It's a very copy and paste from Google. It's a very vague synopsis. Um, it's very obvious what the story is, like, when you hear about it. You know, like, you know right where it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, so the synopsis is, in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together, a fiery, get it, young woman ah. and a go-with-the-flow ah. guy discovers something elemental, get it? And the thing they discover is how much they actually have in common. So hardy, it's like this- Hardy, hardy, hard, I guess. Knee this, slapper. <laughs> <laughs> it's like star-crossed lovers. One is water, one is fire. Will they ever get together? Will they overcome the parental pressures? Who can, who will know? Um... But you obviously know when you, before you even see the movie. So you did some research on this movie, and I'm ready to learn about the history of Elemental. I've got some good history here. I have um, eliminated some things from this document so I can read them to you. Uh, I feel like I should preface, before I get into some of this... That the movie was mid, I guess, is what I, I'll say from the beginning. And so when we laugh at some of these things, uh, it's under that presumption is that it just it, reading about the behind the scenes and stuff was kind of crazy to me because I it felt like it did not match the tone of what I watched, I guess. It was like they're a much more serious taken movie or like I don't know you'll have to see okay all right you'll have to see you'll have to see I just think some of the stuff surrounding it made me like really really I was like laughing out loud when I was reading some of this stuff today after watching okay the original idea was pitched by Peter Son um it was can water and fire ever connect that's like the main (laughs) (laughs) which is already bad (laughs) Um, <laughs> who will ever know? So the but the one thing that I think is good, uh, the immigrant element. Um, I threw an ele- the word element there, obviously, huh. uh, on purpose. Thank you, um, for the laugh. 
uh, of the story was inspired by his own experience of being a son of immigrants in New York City in the 70s. His parents immigrated from Korea and built a grocery store in the Bronx. He also described in an interview that he married someone that wasn't Korean, so that can like experience contributed to the mm. cultural clash. That was the best part of the movie. And like I could see I could really see that was a very personal coming from a very personal yes. place. So I, I think appreciate this that. has been a theme we've seen a lot recently in movies, which I think is good because I think that means that, you know, maybe we're finally letting other people tell their stories. Um, like we saw it kind of with Turning Red, Everything Everywhere is another mm-hmm. one that has similar themes, um, even like Harkening Back to the Farewell, stuff like that. So yeah. it feels like we're, uh, Minari is also, so oh, it feels Minari. like we're getting some yeah. really good stories like this, which I can appreciate. And I do think that was the best part of this story was mm-hmm. all the stuff going on with the mom and the dad and her relationship with them. Um, yeah. So it was in development for seven years, pretty much directly following the release of The Good Dinosaur, which he directed in 2015. That is when this plot development started. I have a long quote for you here um, that I'm just going to read the whole thing to you because this will really, (laughs) this will really set the scene. Um, Who is this quote by? This was by, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Good old so this Pete. is a quote from him about the elements and the characters. And I don't know if this is me being mean or if you're going to have the same take on it that I did. Right. But I found it pretty comical. Um, okay. Quote. People can see it as a temper. People can see it as a passion. As a practical thing, fire burns and sparks. But what does it mean to burn bright? There are all these ingredients to what we already perceive as fire, and that started to form Ember's personality. It's the same thing for Wade. Water can be transparent. What does that mean? He wears his emotions on his sleeve. He goes with the flow. That helped form these personalities that were already pretty opposite, and then we had to find that Venn diagram of where they overlapped. That's the hopeful magic. I hope people can buy into the sparks, the chemical reaction that could form a relationship. And to me, it feels like every quote that I have read of his or someone else involved in the movie that doesn't have to do with like the main immigrant storyline when it comes to Ember and Wade, it just is like it it feels so simplistic almost that it's comical, like to the point where they're just like, yeah, water is water. It moves like water. And fire is fire, and it is hot. And it so, just feels what are like you gonna I do? get what they're saying, but I just don't know why they have to. I don't know why they're over-explaining it. I guess like. And there's multiple, multiple quotes that I read that were like this. That I was like, I just feel like, like the way that it translated to the movie. Like I was not really thinking any of this. Like it was kind of just like. I guess it's cool. Like I can see, like the go with the flow thing was the biggest thing that stood out to me. Because, like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like he's go with the flow, but it didn't. I wasn't really thinking like, oh, it's because he's water. That's why he goes with the flow. And so, like, I guess it's cool to know, but I don't think it really like makes the story. But it also better. doesn't make sense with the rest of the characters that we meet. You know what I mean? Like we meet a lot of other characters, and it's like, do they all mm-hmm. fit the same? Like if you're well, basing it other on the animation too. of, I don't know. I just have a lot of 
you they definitely got into the weeds on this one. It feels like <laughs> the, a very convoluted process. like like they're trying to make it sound more in depth than it really is, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um so the screenplay credits uh went to John Hoberg, Kate Lakell, and Brenda Sue t- from Turning Red. Um she, I think she was the main one of the main writers for Turning Red. So this kind yeah, of I was think like so too. Which makes sense, because um, I think it carried a lot of similar themes, so it's cool that she was able to take part in both movies that to kind of tell that story. Um, and then Son was included in, like, a story by credit. So he wasn't, in, like, the screenplay writer, but, like, he developed the story, I guess. He described this film as a rom-com. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean in the so, simplest of terms, maybe. <laughs> I want you to try to guess... Some of the uh, films that he referenced as inspiration for this film. All right. Like some of the main, main ones that he referenced. How many are there? There's one, two, three, four, five, six on the list. So maybe just okay. take your first couple guesses. And if you're not right, I'll just tell you what they are. I'm trying to think like through the list here. Is When Harry Met Sally on there? Because no. like opposites is you've got mail on there. It is you've got mail okay, as one. Cool. That's that was one I was thinking. Okay, what's that Ryan Reynolds one? The proposal. Nope. <laughs> uh, I'm blanking on different ideas because it's like the opposites thing. I don't know. Yeah, like... think like people who would not normally be together being together, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. the plot of the film. Every Hallmark movie ever made. <laughs> Did he say Annie Hall? Because that'd be really funny. No. Okay. Some of them are like so funny. Really surprised me, and then there's a couple that I'm like, okay, this I can see. Like you've got mail, I can kind of see. Yeah, yeah. Like where that one's coming from. Um, give me like think like one more hint think like, like cultural one. clash. Cultural clash. Um, Greece. Hairspray. No. <laughs> I don't know. Uh. My big fat Greek wedding. That is one of them. Okay. Yep, that's one. There we go. Uh, Moonstruck. Moonstruck is one. Nice. Okay. You've gotten uh-huh. three of six. Uh-huh. One is one we've just recently talked on the pod about mm. in the last like couple months. The big sick. Yes. The big okay. sick. All right. Okay. Um, do you want to hear the, other, the other two? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Amelie is one. What? Yeah, and then Bro. the other, this was one of their main, main ones, is okay. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. That's, I was actually thinking that movie, but I was like, there's no way they would mention that. Yeah, but they and did. they referenced this movie multiple times in interviews, talking about it, and some of that stuff made me feel very strange, <laughs> like the way they were... I it think makes obviously sense. you could pull that comparison, but they don't do any of that in the movie. Like, yes, with the, yes. it's not they don't really address those kind of like things, things in the movie. Full, I don't like know. They, it's kind of there, but they're not addressing it full. And they were talking about like how much progress that movie made, and then they're like saying that they're they're hoping that this movie does the same thing. And I was like, no, no, no. And also technically, if we're wanting to say the guess who's coming to dinner, that scene, like that movie or like whatever scene from the movie would have to be when Ember goes to meet the water family, but they like love her. 
So it's actually like the that they didn't even do their yeah. guess who's coming to dinner moment like that. So yeah. I don't even know what they were talking about know. there. And that one was referenced multiple Whack. times. Um, but Wild. I'm impressed you got quite a few of those. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting is the fireish language that mm. they speak was developed by David J. Peterson, who created the languages for both Game of Thrones and the oh. newest Dune series. Imagine coming up with three languages. Yeah, we, so I guess he's like the top booster. language guy uh, to go to. <laughs> so if you ever need a language developed language maker. for your... Uh, uh, movie or film yeah um, for sure the set designer <laughs> you're gonna have to guess one of these too um, the set designers in the studio look to cities like Venice and Amsterdam for inspiration like the water canals the buildings that surround the cities um, the detail in that uh, one thing that I thought was interesting is due to COVID-19 which was when most of this was being made they couldn't go travel to the cities for research and like gather the like that. So they spent hours and hours watching like point of view city tours just on YouTube yeah. of these different I cities. I think that's what they did. We said they did that for like Luca, I think, right? Yeah, like they but they were able that. to travel a bit to some of the cities. Okay, before. so this was like a full. Yeah, so it sounded like, like they weren't yeah. able to do that at all. So I thought that was really interesting because we've mm. talked a little bit about how some studios adapted like during COVID. So I was like, oh, wow, that is a little crazy. Um, so I want you to guess there's a specific movie that he referenced that the city inspired element city it is literally the most out of pocket like when i read that this was the one i was like what um i want you to just try to guess i want you to throw out three movies okay that are like i'll i'll let you i'll narrow it down think movies from the 50s to 60s like just guess the most out of pocket things that you can think of. Give me three. Um, Vertigo. No, it's not okay. a bad guess. Yeah, I was thinking like city wise. Um, Midnight Cowboy. No, that's a good one. Okay, and last guess, just out of pocket wise, I guess like two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. No, that would be crazy. Okay, though. the movie yeah, okay. is <laughs> Roman Holiday. Oh. That's odd. But it was like specifically referenced that that inspired Element City. And I was like, I would never have guessed that in a million years. Like, I was very, I mean, very it just is like a city. That. Like, that's yeah. weird that like, it's not like, I feel like there's something like Wakanda, maybe like something like yeah. already kind of fantastical. Like a something bit. where the city's a little bit more like industrial and like techie yeah. almost. Even like um, Metropolis from mm, 1920 yeah. something like the Fritz Lane movie that I think is like a lot more parallels than just like a regular city. That's wild, actually. Wow. I thought that was crazy. I was like It's almost like the they came up with some of these answers or like these talking points after they made the movie. Yeah. Um, to kind of like legitimize it more. So one thing that was crazy about this movie, um, and I would not have guessed this, honestly. There were over a hundred and fifty one thousand cores used for this movie and three large rooms on the Pixar campus making it a massive amount of computing power compared to previous Pixar films. 
um, because they had to upgrade and buy more computers for this film. That's so humbling, Nano, watching, like, looking at the box office. I feel like it didn't look that way. Like, when I think of a city, okay, when I think of a city in Pixar that has, like, a lot of layers in it, like, I look at this, and I did not think that at all. Like, I was not even slightly impressed with the city. But I think of something like Coco, where they have the underworld and the layers of, like, the whole underworld, like, where it's, um... Like yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, and, that you know first scene like, after yeah, he gets he out of the toll booth. Up and it, uh, yeah, so I was just, like, that b- stat blew my mind. Um, yeah, I guess, like, I was more impressed by other movies. Like, I think Soul looked, like, incredible. I Maybe for this movie it was, like, the way the elements played with each other that probably had to do with it. But I definitely, like... The anim- animation wasn't something that stood out to me about no, this movie. It didn't to me either. Um, but for perspective, Toy Story had two hundred and ninety-five core, two hundred ninety-four cores. Mm-hmm. Monsters Inc. had six hundred and seventy-two, and Finding Nemo had nine hundred and twenty-three. And this had wow, that's insane. A hundred and fifty-one thousand. <laughs> so a hundred and fifty thousand more cores than Finding Nemo. Oh my Nemo gosh. Did. Like, that just is so... And I that's just, what they made? Like, this is what they made with that, yeah. that much more? Yeah. It is... It's preposterous. That's kind of... That's actually that. a little embarrassing. That's, like, it almost a little is. embarrassing. It almost is. Yeah. Um, this was Thomas Newman's first Pixar score for a film not directed by Andrew Stanton. Score went off. Score the score was, was good. The score was very good. Yeah, except for, like, the weird popular... Like, the weird, like, pop music, inter- like, interspersions. I would have rather just, like... Let the score do its thing, but they were like, like, oh my gosh, um, jeez. This movie wasn't completed until March twenty fourth. So this just, year, this year, that wow. was when the final what? frame was approved, was just a couple months ago. Um, which d- after having seen the movie, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, makes Tracks. sense. Um, yeah, it's a little messy. One thing that we've talked about is I'm gonna make you guess something else here. <laughs> we'll, we'll do the alternate ending. Remind me to have you the read okay. the alternate ending to you at the end. Perfect. Um, we've talked about the marketing a little bit for this before. I didn't even know this movie was coming out this week, except yeah. for the fact that we were doing this. So I think like it was either very strangely marketed to specific demographics or not marketed at all. I want you to guess. If you can, sorry, I'm making you guess so much this episode. A lot of guessing. There's just so yeah, many crazy things about this when I was reading it. What TV show was used for marketing this film? It uh, to narrow it down a bit. It was a specific TV show where they had the main characters Ember and Wade be somewhere in the show. Like, they showed okay. the characters interacting in this show as a piece of marketing for so this movie. it has to be, in my thought process, I'm thinking it's got to be an ABC show. What is, I, I feel like I'm so, like, behind or, like, <laughs> what shows are even on TV anymore? I was going to throw shout out Young Sheldon because, you know, best show of all time, but I don't think that's ABC. I think that's CBS. Uh, yeah, bummer. Shout out to Young Sheldon. Drama, popular show. Not Dead Yet? Nope. <laughs> the Good Doctor. 
No. I am an element. <laughs> what show? I, I don't know. I am an element. <laughs> <laughs> it was on. <laughs> this is so funny to me. I need to look up a clip of this. Was it this... on Abbott Elementary? <clears throat> no. It, okay. it was on the season 21 finale of American Idol. Bruh, where they no. put <laughs> Ember and Wade in the audience cheering after the winner was announced. So they That's announced so the winner of American Idol and then showed Ember <laughs> and Wade <laughs> in the audience cheering live in the live. finale. Um, That's so wild. That's so out of pocket. Yeah, and then I guess they showed a sneak peek of it immediately after the conclusion of the show. But I yeah, because like, people were staying up till twelve a.m. to watch like the new Elemental preview. When I read this, I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, just people imagining... watch American Idol. My parents watch American Idol. Oh wait, that guy one, that like guy that sang that song about his dad in the audition. He was actually dope. Shout out to that guy. Yeah, I, I think the person who won was pretty good. Um, but yeah, it just was, was cool. so crazy to me. Like, imagine winning American Idol. And then, like, you go back and rewatch the clip, <laughs> and it's like superimposed Pixar characters in the audience, like yeah, cheering for you. Yeah, in a movie you. that you probably don't even remember existed, like as you're when you in a couple of years when you're watching this, oh like, what the God. hell is, are those people doing here? Oh, it's That's so, so funny. crazy. Um, the box office, uh, it's pretty is bad. Really, really bad. It's they originally projected thirty-five to forty million. It, it's looking like twenty-nine point five million. Um, uh, worst opening weekend ever for a Pixar film. Thursday had a two point four million two point four million previews. Eleven point eight on Friday. Nine point eight on Saturday. So it dropped off sixteen point nine percent. And on Sunday they only projected seven point nine. It was going to have a nineteen point four percent drop off. And on Monday, they're predicting that it's going to have a 51.5% drop-off. What is going 51 on, guys? 51% is crazy. drop-off. So they're only projecting $33 million <laughs> by Monday. Lightyear made, uh, what is it, uh, 50, I think $51 million. It's so bad. I just looked it up. is so that's bad. Really, that's a it was that the is third tough. worst like, like it didn't. It wasn't even the highest grossing this weekend. Flash gross marginally You know what, higher. mate? That's Ella Mental, because they say mental, uh, but using yeah, Ella so it did Mental, bad. yeah, and that's makes it even sadder when you think about all the big comparisons they're making to all these other crazy movies, and the fact that they had to use a hundred and something thousand cores, hundred and fifty-one uh, thousand for a. Uh, you, wow, that's crazy. What was the budget on this? It is 200 million. So that's a lot for. Um, I don't think they're going to make that back. That's that's not. No, that's not happening. I doubt that they will. I because like the reviews are also not great. So I yeah. imagine if it's already dropping off, Did they're good probably dinosaur make its money back. Because then this guy. I think good dinosaur two... performed pretty well, honestly. Okay. Um, I mean, we saw it in theaters when it came out. It did make its money back. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if they pull this pretty quickly um, yeah, and push it, it to Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Um, even though they said <sighs> they wanted it to be in theaters longer and then wait to put it on Disney Plus, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll panic release it to Disney Plus. 
Yeah. Um, Which honestly still might be the wrong move because I feel like there aren't a lot of kids movies, I think, like coming out this year. So I feel like they could play the long game on this one and just like have it out for the summer. I think studios are panicking too quickly on a lot of these movies and pulling them too quickly. And I I still think it would be a mistake to put it on Disney Plus, even though it doesn't have great reviews. I just think like kids movies will do well if they're in theaters and if you're marketing them and you continue to market them. Um, but you're right. They'll probably shove it on Disney Plus like in two weeks, which is unfortunate. We've been recording for a bit now, but let's kind of like finally dive in then to our like just talk about the movie a little bit. We'll do spoiler free now. Like we'll give like a mark when there's spoilers, but there's not really like a ton to spoil about this movie. And like I said, even if you just like use your brain, like you're probably going to figure out what the basically what the ending is before you even start the movie. But like you said, this is a pretty mid movie. A lot of people have given it like really low reviews. I don't think it's that bad. Like I don't think it's one star bad, but it's a very it's very forgettable. Um, forgettable movie. It's similar to how I felt about Onward, but even more like less things to like that I remember about. Because I remember some stuff about Onward, I feel like. But in this movie, like I enjoyed moments of it while I was watching it. There are some things that I think were good, like we can talk about. But even those things, like there's nothing about this movie that makes it stand out and will make me or help me like remember it in the in two months like i just don't think this is a movie that will have any sort of lasting impact because i just don't think there is like that element to it at all there's nothing new in here i guess than what we've gotten before yeah it's very 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 standard um plot line in -hmm. a lot of ways um i agree i think i'll forget about it uh, within a week honestly like it's already out of the mind um but <laughs> i saw it today it's already out of the mind already out of the um mind. yeah i think it's just so hard because i feel like we've liked a couple of the pixar movies in the past few years obviously we're both big luca fans um mm-hmm. you liked soul i did not like soul um turning red was i turning thought it was, red was, pretty was pretty good um, but I think, like, there's been a resonating, like, Pixar movies just don't hit the same as they used to. Um, I don't know if that's caused by the studio or them trying to rush movies or put more out or make content. I don't know. Um, but it just feels like we've lost whatever Pixar used to be, um, in a way, uh, in some of these cases. I think mm-hmm. definitely in this one, um, that was the case. It got a lot of laughs in the theater, which was good. Uh, I was in a theater full of kids. Uh, I mean, it was me and my dad. And then, like, literally everyone else in the theater was, like, a family or, like, a parent with their kid or a grandparent with Shout their out. grandkid. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of kid chatter going on as well, mm-hmm. talking through the whole movie. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, but I think that, like, it makes it a li- slightly more bearable. Um when you hear that audience like laughing yeah. along or, or liking it. Um, but I, I think overall, like really like the humor wasn't even very good. Um, I, there were only a couple jokes that I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of funny. 
uh, but most of it felt very like I don't know off kilter very, in a way. It felt very standard. Like there weren't a lot of like jokes that I was impressed by. I guess it reminds me of some of those Netflix shows these days where like the Netflix writers are trying to write Gen Z characters. And they say the most, like, off-the-wall, like, thing that a Gen Z person would never say. Um, you know, like, uh, yo, mom, I'm gonna go surf the web. Like, it just felt like lingo or language that is, like, I could tell it was written by mm. someone older, I guess. Yeah. Um, even just some of the casual, like, uh, like things Ember and Wade say, like they just felt so much older than I think they're supposed to be mm. in this movie. I thought the voice acting was good. Yeah, I agree. I think they were good. I thought I mean, it, both the main characters did well. Um, the animation, uh, it was fine. It was it like was fine. It I was could fine. tell what it was supposed to be doing. It just like I said, it it felt a little bit. It, like the whole movie, like very standard, like even color wise, like I think they could have done more to bring out like a lot of like the elemental thing, you know, um, like I think the the water was cool and like the way that they animated the water was impressive because that has to be pretty fluid. Get it? Um, but <laughs> it's like a lot with this movie. It just doesn't there wasn't a lot of thing to make me notice the animation or like make it stand out yeah like really one of the only things that stood out that i remember being like thinking was a creative way to do something was when he had on like a name badge that he was trying to cover up and when he like put his hand over it it like magnified the word which i thought was funny because like you can tell that they thought about some of those things like how would water how Mm. would a person made of water interact in this world like what does their water body do in this world and i think there were moments like that that i was like oh cool or like when they did the wave at the stadium they like became an actual wave yeah that that was was funny but we didn't get a lot of it like we really only got a couple fleeting moments of that and even with the the fire um, I felt like there was more going on with the water animation than the fire. Like, I appreciated some of the fire. Like, when she would get more mad, the fire would turn, like, a, a purpley or color. Or, like, how, how her body was colored, depending on her mood, I thought was interesting. Like, yeah, but I felt purples. like in the way that she interacted with the world, we got a lot less of mm. it than with him mm. and the way that his... I'm trying to think, not skin, but like his yeah, his body, his just body was, interacted. Like yeah, hey, the water would boil, and you would see it boil when it was near the flame, like stuff like that. Like I feel like mm-hmm. we didn't get as much of that with her in terms of how she interacted in the world. But I liked what they did with the fire. I guess mm-hmm. I yeah yeah. Um, I think like the biggest thing for me with this movie. And a lot of the Pixar movies, like, I think this is a theme earlier in the work of Pixar. They have always kind of done, I don't know what the name, there's like a name of like what kind of character this is, but like they've always personified like non-existent objects or like things. Like inanimate to make their objects? Mean. Yeah, inanimate objects. Yes, that's the word. Um, So like toys, obviously, uh, was a big one. Monsters, fish. And a lot of like their best movies in a lot of these are the early movies. 
they they're like the the fact that they are ants or they are toys or they are they are integral to the story and it's like they have a very clear story reason for why this is a character a story that could only be told because they're toys right and it's like they're thinking about okay how would a toy react to this and like what kind of experience can we bring these uh the audience on because we're like have these people this as our main character which we couldn't do live action or we couldn't do if they were human um, yeah, that's a good point. I think one of the big ones where that isn't the case is with Cars, and that's a reason why a lot of people don't like that movie as much because it feels a lot more like kid movie, and I think that's exactly the same with this movie. As I really don't think, besides like a couple things, I don't think there is really a reason for the characters to be elements and for the world to be elemental other than the fact that like, oh, it's just more interesting for a kid's movie. And it kind of disguises the fact that this story on just like it, the bones of the story is really dull uh, and they kind of have to dress it all up with all this other stuff to make it like a little look more interesting and like feel more interesting. But on under the surface, it's really not that great of a story, right? Yeah. I think that's a good point too, because we did get a similar uh, kind of similar themes in turning red Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we didn't have the romance like plot line that we had in this, but w- the same parental themes and, and stuff like that. And I think that that handled it differently because of the way that she like turned yeah. into the red panda, like, which is kind of what you're talking about. And I think that that made sense with that story, but with this, it's like, it could have been anything. And I felt like when I was reading the behind the scenes, like they would kind of talk about the immigrant stuff. And I was like, I get it. I get that when they're talking yeah. about it. But then they would talk about all this element stuff. And it was just like, oh, yeah, we just wanted to see what would happen if fire and water <laughs> like connected. Yeah. And it's like you can see the comparisons so easily. Like you can see the story that they are telling, like the immigrant story and like, oh, obviously fire is supposed to be this and this is supposed to be this. But the whole time it's like, well, why aren't they just that? Like, why isn't this just an animated story then with like, like actual like immigrant main characters? So why does it have to be fire? And why does it have to be water? I know what you're trying to say. So just say it. Right. And yeah. The other movie that did this is Zootopia. Obviously I like Zootopia. I know that maybe I'm in the minority on that. Um, I think I'm, recently it's gone over a little bit of a comparison, but I still think. But like, I'm a Zootopia it's a fan. Movie. But I, I think that in that sense, like it's dealing with some of those same themes of like xenophobia and being mm-hmm. in a new place as a different person or whatever, and then going off and pursuing your own dreams and not doing the family business. Like it follows a lot of those same themes, um, yeah. and also the. The theme of the fox and is kind of similar to the fire and it's like this whole thing it it makes it more palatable i think is the thing with like zootopia like it got a lot of flack for it for a lot of different reasons but it is a palatable way to approach that kind of subject matter Mm -hmm. and i think um this maybe challenged some of those themes in a more culturally appropriate way but i also think that like doing it this way with elements still Mm -hmm. makes it as a more like like it felt like they they were approaching the themes but they were also like dancing around some of them in a way in in the way that it was presented through this animation style yeah and obviously yeah i know that's the reason why because like you said it 
it makes it more palatable and also like kind of can introduce the themes to kids easier. I think Zootopia, obviously Zootopia, like they were first of these two movies. So I think that gives it a point. I also think Zootopia for a lot of its faults does try to tackle a lot deeper themes than this movie does. And a lot of other ideas that I think would be too intense for a kid's movie if they were real people. I think this movie tackles very simple themes that kids can understand that it wouldn't yeah. matter. It would be very easy to have them be just real people. Real people. Um, like, I don't think there's anything so that's anything so big that it couldn't have just been real people for. And with Zootopia too, like that's another thing where it's like, there's so many comparisons that you can draw to movies that have come out before this. I mean, even just with the city, that's where I'm like, even with the yeah, city, the city with them, yeah, the, with them arriving at the city, that's straight out of Zootopia. Like the same yeah, looking at the different people, the different things, getting off the train, looking up and seeing everything. Like, I don't know. I just felt like that was very, it just yeah. felt like a copy and paste, but like putting different elements mm. into it. Um, uh. <laughs> um, before we before we jump into like some more specific story, like spoilers, I guess you, you can talk to them. Do you want to touch on our first non-binary character in a Disney Pixar movie? He, yeah, uh, I would love to. Uh, so I didn't realize this was a thing. Uh, I saw it on Twitter before I saw the movie, which was why I kind of looked for it uh, in the movie. Like, uh, uh, I don't think I would have noticed it. If I did not at all. I didn't uh, know it was there. You know what I mean? Do you know who yeah. the non-binary character is? Yeah, isn't it one of like the water people? Yeah, like, so one of his family? it's one of Wade's siblings. Uh, and when Wade is introducing his family, he says, this is my sibling, Lake, and their girlfriend. I don't even know if they use... The, if they use the pronoun they use there, they? though, I think they just use no. I think they just. I said, know that they said on Twitter sibling. that they have that it's they them pronouns, but I don't know. Do they use it? I in the think movie? they said my sibling Lake and Lake's girlfriend. <laughs> I think that's what they said. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Even if even with I just don't the remember they, they being used. I don't remember they being used. I I do. I did notice them referencing them as the sibling though what a brave moment for pixar yeah and it was funny because i read i had to like look up what this character's name was as well um i read uh i don't remember who did this article maybe variety i have to read you this quote from this article from Variety or whoever it was that wrote an article about this. We'd love to hear it. Because it made me laugh. Uh, Quote, although Lake does not play a major part in Elemental, their presence is a significant one, especially for members of the LGBTQIA plus community who will now be able to see themselves represented (laughs) on (laughs) the big screen. (laughs) Finally. 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 I get to see the one character who I could barely even hear in their name be referenced as sibling. Like, 
Oh my god. Well, I just... guys, can we watch Elemental? I really love being able to see my experience on screen as a I sibling who no one knows. That <laughs> Disney took the steps that they took to put myself on screen. I can Shout actually out. watch a real non-binary character on screen Shout out to Bob in a Iger. Disney movie. Ally. Um, Ally. Ally. <laughs> that is so Fuck funny. the patriarchy. That's even like more subtle than the Onward one and the Lightyear one. Because on, Onward was the cop. The cop, of the course. The cop who is like... Reference a girlfriend, I think. Uh, I have to go home to my. Well, I think it was wife. I think I have to go home to my wife. Um, and then what was the other one? What did you What did you say? The, the light year, light year. Light year. Yeah, the, the girl. The, yeah, right? the couple was yeah. Uh, women. It was a lesbian. It was a yeah. lesbian couple. Um, have they had a gay couple yet in a Pixar movie? Because they also had Finding Dory. Remember that? Yes, where they like, walk the in people... the background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at the at the aquarium. <laughs> no way. This is that this is the funniest. Well, so they had the they had the op- Okay, so the the first real the oh, the one that I count, okay? I, mm. That I count important is the strange world characters, which I don't think you ever watched. I never saw it, you know, um, but but I the know kid, that that was pretty significant. There is an actual like that was the first one that I saw that I was like, okay, this is actual representation on screen mm-hmm. because he like talks about having a crush, and then the character is obviously a, a gay character, and he talks about having the crush on the gay character, and like mm-hmm. that was very explicitly like there's no working your way around that one, and. That was the first time that I watched it. I was like, oh, whoa. Okay, we actually had, which obviously Disney, you know, kind of bombed that movie. I, 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 classic. I think it's sus. I, I don't, I don't think Strange World was that bad. It wasn't like great, but we live in a pretty strange world too. It is sus that that movie didn't get promoted um, and Mm. went straight or whatever. Yeah, and especially because, like, well, I guess this movie didn't get promoted a ton, but. This got more promotion than that, and this is also a very mid movie. You know? Yeah, so I don't know. I the whole representation thing with this one is like I can't believe like we make so this joke silly. every time. And every it's time. like I can't believe they pretend to be the first. And we did it with Cruella. It. We did it with Cruella. They said Who that they, Cruella? M- the member they oh, said the, that the, the costume designer, designer even though guy? they never said yeah. he was gay, they were just like queer coded. Oh, he's actually openly queer guys. And then they did it with Eternals. Um they were it's like canon. first openly which the That one I, was a a little yeah, bit. A little I mean, bit it was. Um, but yeah, like it's funny. Every in. single movie, it feels like they do this. Um, I think Strange World was the first in my. I mm. I marked that one as the first real piece of representation in a Disney um, uh, movie. Movie. Yeah, especially yeah. a family Disney movie. Yeah, like um, a theatrical release. I would say, like a big big Disney release. Um, this is crazy. The fact that they're championing themselves for this one is literally yeah. This is even for them. The rap, this is like, cra- This is wild. Like, um, yeah, I no one would have ever noticed it. I never would have known. Shout out to Lake, my favorite non-binary character. And I did in a see movie. a tweet of some. I think the voice actor maybe. Yeah, I saw that. Played too. them that like said which uh, like good for them. I'm glad that they were happy to do this and felt 
Like that's very different. That's That's very different than a viewer watching it and being like, oh my God, I'm finally represented (laughs) by this random ass (laughs) character, Lake, who has one line that's just like, sup. And it's like, oh my. My favorite non-binary jargon. Yeah. Sup. Ridiculous. Absolutely redonkulous. Redonkulous. Wackadoodle time. Wackadoodle Um, time for real. Let's quickly just touch on some spoiler stuff. Before we move there, I'll say like, like I said, mid-movie, um, I had some some laughs. I laughed at a few times. Every time I laughed, no one else laughed. Like I laughed at all the stuff that no one laughed at, which <laughs> w- which is always an I'm awkward experience. To think what I even I did the one the one thing I remember laughing at was when he put his hand over the inspector. Oh yeah, thing, yeah. And then he did it again, and it made it, that was the one thing that actually made me laugh, like out loud. I think I liked the the kid that grew the mm. flower out mm-hmm. of his armpit. I thought that was funny too. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was great. Second non-binary character in a movie. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> let's get into some spoiler stuff. Everything with spoilers is like, I mean, just the, the I guess plot, the main yeah. story. I I'll say I the the biggest thing about this movie that I did enjoy was I think their relationship was at least decent. Like I think sure I liked the characters together, and I think they did a decent job of developing their relationship. Like I believed that they would get together, and like it felt like a good progression there. Sure, um, I did really, really actually love the the scene where they first touched. I thought that was actually a really like one of the best animated scenes in the movie, and I thought. It was really, really well executed, actually. And they did a really good job leading up to that. So I actually thought that was like a 10 out of 10 scene. So that was something I really, really liked. So the relationship, not bad. Pretty good job there, I guess. Like, if it's a rom-com, you better make me like the two, the couple, right? And I did. Uh, how about you? How did you feel about the the main romance at the center of yeah, Elemental? Yeah, I mean, I thought it worked for the most part. I would say that I liked the first third to the first half of the movie for the most mm. part. Like, I knew that there were some poor reviews coming out of this movie. And the first, like, half of the movie, I was like, actually, this is a lot yeah. better than I expected. I think a lot of my issue came from, like, all the conclusion, like, the last third mm. of the movie. Yeah, it's very um, rushed. I think the whole beginning of their relationship and, like, through their whole montage of them doing these little things together. I love a rom-com montage. I love a rom-com montage. Um, I thought when she went to his house and met his yeah. family, I all those scenes and the one you mentioned I thought were really good. Yeah, it was, like, actually right after they touched, then she, like, got really weird, and everything after that was, like, Everything after that pacing. I didn't like. Um, I, I think everything up to that moment, I, I appreciated the, when he took her down to see the flower, um, I, I liked them in the hot air balloon, all that I thought was good and I was sold on it. I think Mm. everything after that, I, I wasn't, this is going to sound horrible, but like I was rooting for them up until then. And like, I understood her conflict, but I also was like... I don't know. I just the way that like she talked to him and yeah, like, a little rude. Like the way I was like, that damn. She like 
especially in that scene where the, she's being given the at the retirement party. When yeah, comes yeah. Up, when she like, I really didn't I love you. like a lot of that. Um, I just feel like for kids movie, uh, maybe this is just me being. I don't know, like a little abusive, maybe. Yeah, like, like I just felt yeah. like it's a really, really bad impression. And I think there's not enough in the end to like apologize for that stuff. Mm. And so I just think there's when you get into that territory, it's just a little dangerous in a kids movie, which just makes me sound so old to say that. This is actually really dangerous story it's, for it our makes me youth. sound so old uh and like conservative and crotchety but i just think you have to be careful about things like that especially in kids movies because a kid might watch that and see it happen and then since there's no like they get together at the end but there's no clear yeah. cut like i was wrong for saying this i never should have said this everything about that was wrong like i just feel like it's a gray area for me. And I think just story-wise, she switches back and forth fast. Like, all of a yeah, sudden she's like, off I and then she's back like on. We're with kind Wade. of in like, this rocky, like, I think with something like this, you need to be more clear-cut in a kid's movie. And I also think just for storytelling in general, it was yeah. it felt more out of character. Like, I understood that she has a temper and all this stuff. But all that with him, like, she never had that with him. And so I think, like, it just in terms of their relationship, that whole scene at the retirement and all that, like, just felt really out of character to me. Um, yeah. And kind of not with anything else in the movie. And I think it could have been handled very differently um, and still have the same effect, as, but, but be handled differently, um, I thought. And then yeah. so going into the conclusion where, like, the water breaking in. I have I that whole side plot line. Well, uh, it was weird because like that was the main plot, but it got wrapped up really fast, and then like yeah, but it was still going. It was a weird. Part, that plot line idea. didn't really work for me, and then it it kind of just like when it burst in and whatever into Fireland and and did all that. Like I feel like that also like wrapped up really fast. Like it just felt like. That whole part of the plot, there wasn't a lot taken care in it. And then it kind of just was like, oh, well, we have to have the water crush in so that, like, she can change her mind. Like, I don't know. It just felt like there wasn't enough to that plot line. And it felt kind of pigeonholed in to make it, like, make mm. there be some form of conflict, I guess. No, yeah. I think the la the last third felt very out of place for the movie. Um, and I get, it felt like it was taking place in a different movie, I guess. Like, yeah. the movie overall, like, it's weird. They do introduce, like, the conflict of, like, oh, my gosh, my dad, I have to save his shop. But that gets wrapped up, like, halfway through. And then it's, like, rom-com territory. But then at the end, it's like, oh, wait, we're back to this kind of propulsive conflict. It just seems like they they knew they needed that kind of story or they felt like they needed that kind of story. Like, they felt they needed this big climax but they really wanted to tell more like a simple romantic comedy. Um, and so it feels like those two things are at odds a lot. And that really comes to a head at the end. And that whole scene with, with him disappearing and then coming back, it just felt kind of cheap to me. Like it didn't feel like the payoff was there. I think I would have liked it more if like uh, there would have been more to it, I guess. Um, like mm. if the lead up had been different uh, instead of kind of how it led up to that. Maybe if it was like a couple like weeks later jump 
and then like she's cleaning the shop and then she discovers that like it just felt like oh he's gone and then oh he's back one of those things and like i think that also would have maybe not obviously it's like not literally like her consequences for being mean to him but it would have i think made her like her growth a little more apparent like you know like that space between just there could have been things done like you said to 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 make it feel more earned um my other thing i wanted to mention was the thing with like i don't know if i just missed something but the thing with the dad and like they were like oh we were on fireland and then we had to move here because it was well that's the thing i why did they have to move like something a storm came through and just in like broke some of their stuff but why didn't they just rebuild it like why did they have i to wondered leave? that as well because he built everything from scratch here exactly like so what was happening that like, i did wonder that as as well i i didn't understand like i understand wanting to go to like to start a better life or a new life yeah. like i get that part i didn't understand the backstory of fireland yeah i agree um Anything else? Oh, I was going to say, I love the mom. Yeah, she was a legend. I thought I liked she her a lot. was really funny. I like the dad, too. I think like the parents were good characters. Yeah, I really liked, but yeah, I specifically really liked the mom in this. I thought she was funny. Mm-hmm. I thought she played a good role. I think she played, we talk a lot about like a supporting character. Um, I thought that she, she was a really good like supporting character, like the way that she supported the story. But, I agree. Uh, yeah, I have to read you the alternate ending, the ending okay, that was perfect. supposed to happen. So this was from Hoberg and Lakel, who were two of the writers. The ending was supposed to be the film would depict Wade and Ember having had a baby, and the baby would be a steam baby. So the baby that they have no is way. steam. And so they apparently really, really, really wanted this to happen. Um, and steam, steam, like, yes, because I guess ha- the water and yeah, fire. I, I, I get it. It's just like would make a baby of that looks so whack. Steam, and so they wanted to have a sequel. Um, they were hoping for a sequel movie, which clearly is not going to happen. So they were like, oh, well, we can have like a post credits or like wh- whatever ending like so many much time later where they have the steam baby and apparently <laughs> they really wanted, the steam, they baby, really wanted the steam baby to happen. And that was just so funny to me. But apparently it got cut because they were like, it doesn't work. But it just was like hilarious to me. It kept talking about in multiple things how they were like fighting to, for them to have this steam baby. And I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> why? No way. Literally like negates no the way. whole thing where like she's going out on her own and like doing this for herself. Like, And it's like, obviously, you're going to have questions with these movies, all these inanimate objects movies about how do these characters have sex? That's just a question that everyone asks in these movies. How do cars have sex? But when you introduce a literal baby, it just makes it like it, it brings makes it a it lot more, more complicated. Yeah, it just makes you think about it more. And I just think, you know, also that pruning lot, that pruning joke. <laughs> 
That was so out of pocket. That was the most wild joke. What was that? Again, same thing. The whole, the whole, how does, how does sex or sexual relations happen in these movies? What was was going on there? They had the line at the end where the parents were like, now we can have more hanky panky time. That was actually crazy too. What are we doing? (laughs) Where, where's one million moms? when you need them <laughs> like guys uh this is inexcusable hanky panky time should not be in a kid's movie those are the jokes where you know they're obviously trying to like do the oh for kids and for adults too but those are where it's like you need to the point is that it has to be um integrated into the story right and like it doesn't work if like and like the jokes are both funny for both of them so it doesn't work if the joke is only funny for the parents because they know what the joke is actually referencing and for the kids it's like what what the heck is that about right like you need it to work for both and the pruning line like i mean i guess the parents understand or the older kids understand but it's like it's still even then but like, not even funny. then it still it's was like, still like a stupid joke i didn't laugh I, at all i was like I what was in the like, world what is happening what is happening what what <laughs> is wackadoodle happening? time on that <laughs> one yeah. i saw so many letterboxd reviews about that yeah, crazy. Um, so Pixar rankings wise, where does this kind of? I mean, we don't have to like run through our whole list. There's a lot of these movies at this point, but where I think Letterbox might be down. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, it's not loading for me. But um, where kind of just at least kind of in the ballpark. I put it. Let's see if I can remember without looking at Letterbox because it's not opening. I put it right below. It's in the bottom. It is like mega, mega bottom tier. Uh, I think I put it right below Onward mm. and right above Brave, maybe. Mm-hmm-hmm. Yeah, Brave is also a, a not great. Uh, yeah, this one for me, it is not in the low, low tier. That includes like Cars 2, Cars 3, Brave. Um, I like Cars Finding too. Dory. Not a Cars 2 fan. And Lightyear is in the low, low, low tier. This movie is one right above that tier. Because I have Lightyear right below this. So this movie is right above Lightyear. Um, and it is below The Good Dinosaur. So, peter San, you still did better at The Good Dinosaur. I am a Good Dinosaur stan. I think I just, it's okay. I'll just come I, out I mean, and say it. I think it's like C tier. I like The Good Dinosaur. What you gonna do about it? Nothing. Um, Nothing. I don't know. I mean, I can't. <laughs> I think that this one was was very mid. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily a bad movie by any means. I just think it wasn't great. I think it was entertaining. It was a good afternoon spent. I didn't. I don't regret. Elemental. A good I, afternoon spent. <laughs> I don't regret having spent my afternoon seeing this yeah. movie. And it's short, which is nice. I will likely not ever watch this movie again. I yeah. am trying to collect all the Pixar movies on Blu-ray. I will not be collecting this one. This one will not be added Bruh. to my Pixar Blu-ray collection. <laughs> but I don't know. I just think it's not It's not good. Uh, it's, it's not like amazing, but I think it's very mid is the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Like it's good entertainment for what it is, but when you try to dig yeah. deeper... Or even when you're like, oh, wait, that's a Pixar movie? Like, I feel yeah. like there's just a level of, like, it doesn't hit the same as previous Pixar movies. I think it's fine. 
I think you can enjoy it, and there are aspects of the movie that are enjoyable. I don't think it's great, though. Hmm. Mic drop. Um, question of the week. Let's turn it away from the the films and go to the short films and ask, what is your favorite Pixar short film? Um, this is tough because there are some like Disney ones, but if you say Disney one, we won't kill you. Like in Wreck It Ralph, they had actually a really good one, the Paper Man one. That was a oh my God. fire short. Paper Man. I listen to that song on occasion. Like it's on That's a great, my playlist. It's a great short. I wonder about that one sometimes because the, that animation style was so cool and I feel like we haven't seen a lot of that since. Yeah, I agree. Um, so like there's newer ones like Piper. That was a good one. Um, if you pick Lava, then you don't get to listen to the podcast anymore. Um, I think as a kid, I really liked the Jack Jack one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry's Game is really good with Jerry's the chess. Jerry's Game is iconic. I think um there was that recent one too. I, I don't remember what this was in, but there was like the the umbrellas. Like remember that one was cute oh, with the two umbrellas. Yeah. Day and night is a good one. Um, I think that was what was that in front of? Maybe that was Cars too. A uh, lot of good, lot of good ones. I mean, there's old ones too. Bound in with the little sheep. That was always oh, fun. Oh, I loved Bound in for the birds as well. Was a big for one for the birds. Is classic. Man, um, we should do an episode on these. Oh yeah, lifted. Loved lifted. Um, that was good too. Big, big uh, representation of anxiety in lifted. You know, oh, the, you know the, how they're always giving cartoon characters anxiety attacks. That was the first one. The one man band. Oh, I love one man band. I love that one. That one's so fun. Yeah, let us know. We should do it. We definitely need to do an episode. So we'll say, like, what's your favorite Pixar short? But there's also some Disney ones, like, and like I said, if you pick those, not going to kill you. Uh, so let us know. You can let us know on uh, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you get your social media. We are there. We also have an email, have a website. Everything is there for you in the show notes. So check it out. Check it, check it, check it out. And next week, we will be back with a very exciting episode. Oh, my gosh. Almost a year removed from our summer of Wes Anderson, we will be returning to the Anderson world. Asteroid City. Asteroid City. Yeah, it's interesting because we talked about, I'll have to go back and listen to our final episode. I'm definitely going to listen to that. But we talked about what we thought the trajectory of Wes's career was going to go following mm -hmm. uh, after having gone through his filmography. So it'll be interesting how much we hit uh, in our predictions of his career. So... From what I've heard, in, in interview wise, I feel like we we're are on the on. right. We were we're I on think the we right were track. On the right path. We predicted Wes Anderson's future. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He actually just listened to that, and I was he like, "Man, that's a good idea." Like, Maybe I should <laughs> go back to some of my original roots and also soften the yeah. thematic elements. That's what I was trying. I was trying to think of the <laughs> yeah. right word. Um, yes, very excited for this one. Um, I'll be going and seeing it this weekend, obviously. We we both will. It's going to be good. I, I have very, very high hopes. I'm so excited. This is easily, yeah. Easy, I mean, there's so many good movies coming out this year, but one of my most anticipated yeah, movies of the year. Yeah, 100% for both of us. Um, um, and for sure. definitely, like, especially like of the year so far, easily my most anticipated so far. 
Uh, so we'll be back on Wednesday at 10 a.m. with that. Until then, do you have anything else? Uh, nope. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. And until next time, I am a steam baby. <laughs> and I am the mom sitting in the little tent in the back of the fireplace predicting people's love lives. And we're, we're your second hand. Film, film critic. critic.